What's going on, Cavs fans? It's your boy, Mac. Another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast reacting to tonight's game between the Indiana Pacers and Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I know I'm not the only one who watched. I know everybody else out there did. Cavs lost by way of 125 to 113 to the Indiana Pacers tonight in a pretty, uh, pretty brutal showing towards the end of the game. For me, it's a couple of takeaways here. One, let's start right off the bat. The Cavs are just just down so many of their starts right now. No Darius Garland tonight. No Donovan Mitchell. No Jared Allen still. So that left JB Bickerstaff in a predicament, right, into what to do with this starting unit. No Ty Jerome tonight either, I'll add. So he threw a ragtag lineup out there of Karis LeVert, Max Struess, Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley. Now, this game got off to a pretty good start. Karis LeVert, man, can't say enough good things about the way that he started the game off. He would ultimately finish with 31-5-8 and eight on 12-28 and 4-10 from the three-point uh, from beyond the arc. Had a pretty good night from an individual standpoint. A couple of Cavs did. I do have to say, though, everybody was expecting this Cavs team to to lose, and that's exactly what happened. I still believe that this team had an opportunity to win. It seemed to claw and scratch itself back into it down the stretch, but Tyrese Halliburton and company just docked down timely three after three towards the end of that one, and it was, it was brutal to watch, I got to say, but that does not necessarily mean there weren't some good takeaways from this. I continue to be very, very impressed with the minutes that Max Struess has given us since we've brought him over from Miami. 21 points, 11 boards, 6 assists tonight. Uh, Didn't necessarily have the most efficient night, but this is not necessarily something that he's used to. He was creating a lot of his own opportunities out there. He's a movement shooter. We know that's what he excels at. Um, especially off ball. But when you don't have a dearth of ball handlers out there to get you the ball, you kind of have to take it into your own hands. And that's kind of what he did tonight. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about his addition and his presence is just the movement. Like this dude is zooming around the court. He's coming off screens. He's positioning himself, uh, positioning himself well for boards. He's moving and making the extra pass out there. He's cutting. And we saw a lot of that with him in Bam out of bio last season. Um, the man just knows how to cut. He knows how to get himself open. And honestly, he looks like the guy out there who's who's uh, most invested in that movement. And I think this increased pace that we're playing with is really benefiting him as well. And those of you who are not aware, while Cleveland finished with the bottom uh, with the bottom rank in pace last season, Miami was second. They were right there. And so it play, him playing in, with an increased pace, similar to Isaac Okoro, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, that benefits him a lot as well because we know he knows how to cut. We know he knows how to move well uh, in off-ball scenarios. And so when we do get Darius back, when we do get Donovan back, uh, when Allen is out there, I feel really, really good about the way that Struess is going to look. I honestly believe that he's probably going to end up with career highs across the board. And this offense should suit him well because we're looking to gun out there. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking a lot of triples, and that should suit his game very, very well. Obviously, didn't pan out in victory tonight, but considering we were down three of our five in our starting unit, I can look past it there because there's still some positives to take away from this one. Another positive on the night, Evan Mobley. And before I move on, I just got to say this. 
What the fuck are people expecting out of Evan Mobley in year three at 22 years old? This man gave you 33 points, 14 boards, three assists, two blocks, was 12 of 22 from the field. He'll hit a three down the, uh, you know, in the closing minutes of the game and was eight of 10 from the free throw line. And people are still complaining. What more do you want from this kid? Seriously, he's not going to blossom into uh, Nikola Jokic. He's not going to turn into Chet. Holmgren on the offensive side overnight. There, there, there's just not – it's not going to happen. People need to be patient. I, I I just can't understand this mentality that we just – this man absolutely has to take the leap right now. We are three games into his third season. Not everybody's development is linear. Y'all got to chill out. It, it it It's getting a little bit ridiculous. It, it, honestly, you're going overboard with it because people – seriously are wanting him to be this you know this top 10 player right away and frankly that's just not the case we've been asking him to play the center a hell of a lot more with jared allen being out so that puts him out of position and while people seem to believe that that is his ultimate position in my opinion he's it's not i still believe that evan mobley thrives as a power forward And so this just, in my opinion, shows you the value and importance of a player like Jared Allen, who's out there being your back line of defense. And people need to understand, because I have seen a lot of comments tonight, uh, you know, factoring in the the rim protection or lack thereof from this Cavs starting five. Well, when you really break down why Evan Mobley was so valuable on the defensive side of the ball last year, it wasn't necessarily because he was protecting the rim in an extremely high rate. He did do that, but one of the, the the thing that made it so great for him last season was his ability to free roam and act as kind of a safety out there, whether he needed to switch out onto the perimeter and defend a smaller guard, whether he needed to come back into the paint area and protect the rim. And a key component of that, ladies and gentlemen, was Jared Allen. Jared Allen's interior defense allowed Evan Mobley to be that valuable on the defensive end. Now, he's still capable of being transcended on that end without uh, Jared out there, but we just got to slow our roll here. We can't go every game. We we can't go from game to game and just expect this kid to explode, uh, you know, on the on the statue, because frankly, that's just not going to happen. So we got to be patient. I say 33 and 14 with two blocks. That's a pretty damn good stat line. So. Please just stop with the complaints. Hey, I, we, we do this from game to game. It's, it's honestly a little, it's getting tiring. And I, I like, seriously, maybe, maybe it's the, maybe it's the expectations. Maybe people just need to temper their expectations a little bit and understand that it doesn't happen overnight. It really does not. And when you're asking him to create for himself, you're asking him to do a lot of things that he may not be comfortable with just yet. He still looks damn good to me. We got to understand, even if he's even if he is not adding everything that you want him to add to his offensive repertoire, he's still literally stumbling his way to very good offensive stat lines, pretty efficiently as well. He's not just jacking up shots out there, and he has he actually is playing a lot more aggressively. He's attacking the glass. We saw a lot of that tonight. He's attacking inside. The mid range jumper isn't quite there yet, but I like the but I like the fit. He feels comfortable enough taking them and as time goes on the three-point shot may eventually start to fall we haven't seen him attempt a whole lot of those uh you know to start the season it really if at all is except for that one tonight but 
it'll come. It'll come in time. And even if it doesn't, he's able to do enough on the offensive end to make himself valuable combined with the defense. I know that's long-winded, but I just got to get it out the way. People just need to calm the fuck down in regards to that. Uh, you know, outside of Karras, outside of Max, outside of Evan, I got to say, I, I continue to be impressed with, with my boy Isaac Okoro. Ice, who routinely just cannot draw a fucking foul to save his life, and it's not through no fault of his own. He's drawing contact. He's being absolutely manhandled when he when he uh, when he drives to the paint, and there's just no calling the hell out of him. I don't get it, but I, he's just he's just taking it. <laughs> he's taking it like a man. He's going out there and he's giving his all. Yes, uh, Doctor Claw. Yes, I, I love to see the rebounding from Max Struess out there. Uh, honestly, I believe he's getting in line to have a career high across the board in, in all of these categories. But rebounding, I got to say, I've been damn pre- impressed with Max Struess's ability to rebound the basketball. Even if a lot of them have been opportunistic and kind of bounced his way, his positioning to me speaks volumes. And so I think you could probably, if I had to bet on it right now, I'd probably say Max Struess finishes the season averaging about five to six rebounds. I think that's perfectly reasonable, even at 6'5", playing in this offense where, you know, we're playing in a faster pace and they're jacking up shots and he's asked to play small forward. I think this benefits him very well. And I honestly, I, I love it. But uh, yeah, back to Isaac Okoro. I honestly believe that this is his season. This is the season where he'll experience a mini breakout of sorts, if you can really call it that. Now, the one thing that I will say is this. When Jarrett's back, when Donovan is, you know, Donovan shouldn't miss really too much time at all. But when when we get our starters back out there, I really don't know what Isaac's role is going to look like. I don't know how much time he's going to be getting compared to what he's gotten to start the season out. Because if I'm not mistaken, Isaac has played north or at least close to 30-plus minutes per game, uh, you know, to start this season. And he's drawn the start uh, every single game. And you guess what? Three straight double-digit affairs. Very, you know, that might not sound like a lot, but uh, I love it. Uh, 18 in the first game, I believe, 10 against uh, 10 against the opponent the other day, and then 11 tonight. Continues to make himself look even more impactful. And while he didn't necessarily attempt a triple tonight, it's not always going to be the case. I continue to harp on that. As long as he's cutting, as long as he's attacking, in transition as long as he's attacking closeouts which you've seen him do now in every single game so far he's going to score his points he's going to get to the basket the only thing that i'm just wondering about is when when is this guy going to get some calls because it just i don't know what the refs have against isaac (laughs) i don't know if it's just because he he just uh you know looking like the hulk out there so ripped and whatnot uh but he just seems like he's not getting a fair fair whistle uh with that being the case, so I continue to be highly impressed with him. I'm just really wondering what his role is going to look like once we return to full strength. Let's head towards the bench here. Uh, we got a little bit of good news. Uh, George Niang hit his first triple of uh, of the season, and that really – I don't even really think you can view that as an accomplishment because that still leaves him, if I am not mistaken, he is now one for 12 from three-point range. Not great. Not great at all, especially considering the minutes that he's playing out there. Um, Getting around 18 to 20 minutes on average in these three games. But it was nice to see him knock that shot down. 
And the one thing that I've seen as I poured through film of these past three games is that George, he, he is far more comfortable spotting up in the corners rather than pulling up, which we've seen a lot of that from him. And I think he's really just trying to get his footing, right? He's trying to make an impact and he's really trying to get that shot to fall. The one thing I have disliked is the mid-range. George, bro, just let the mid-range go. Stop taking it. <laughs> Stop taking the mid-range. I just just spot up. Just look for the look for your shot out in three-point range. I do not like you taking that mid-range shot. I get it. You're going to take it if you feel like you have it open, but I have not liked that at all. It just has not he it just kind of seems like he's forcing the issue. Does anybody else believe that? Because that's that's so far what I've seen from him is it feels like he's forcing it. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that as minutes, uh, you know, as he continues to get minutes and as we continue to get healthier, when you have more floor spacing around him, when you have actual playmaking around him, which hasn't really felt like the case every single um, every single time that he's in the game. I feel like he's going to start knocking more and more of these down. But there have obviously been things that have. Uh, not gone so with him. And we know he's not necessarily chop liver on defense, but it has not been impressive. And we knew that kind of that was kind of be what we were leveraging here uh, in regards to him and Dean Wade. Now, obviously, Dean is pressed into the starting unit right now, and he played 37 minutes tonight. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a net negative or anything, but he didn't wow you. Just six points in that starting unit from Dean Wade. But for George... I think the shot's going to start falling. And I'll tell you another thing. We did get to see the youngins tonight. We saw Amani Bates play seven minutes. Um, Craig Porter Jr. got four. Sam Merrill even got out there for six. Um, but I think one thing that is going to kind of quiet the, the, the Bates, uh, you know, the Bates hive down is the fact that he just really wasn't necessarily impactful in his minutes out there. And he did appear to be a little lost. Um, which is to be expected, right? He's a rookie. He's coming into a playing a very good uh, and scrappy Indiana Pacers team that deserves a little bit more respect. Um, but Bates didn't exactly wow anybody tonight, so that should quiet a, a couple of people down in regards to uh, George Nye. You got to give it time. It, three games is not enough to formulate any type of opinion in regards to any of these guys. And that's what I'm trying to get across to people. Like you have to understand three games is not a large enough sample size to really make a definitive statement about anybody. There are things that you can take away. There are things that you can learn from, but there isn't necessarily a large enough sample size here for us to really formulate a valid opinion on anything. Just because guys are in shooting slumps does not mean they will remain that way or that they suck because that's just not the case. We obviously know that history has proven, the track record has proven that George Niang is a knockdown three-point shooter, especially in the catch-and-shoot situations. Four, uh, five straight seasons shooting above 40-plus percent from three-point range. That is a guy that you want to continue to try and get going especially off your bench, especially considering he can give you minutes at the backup four. So Tom's going to tell on that one, but we still have to be patient. Um, another surprise tonight. Guys, we saw Tristan Thompson, and holy shit, he actually gave us some quality minutes. It's got me thinking some things. Um, eight minutes tonight, four, four points, five rebounds, two assists. I loved it. I loved the minutes that he gave us out there. Um, 
obviously, ideally, you're probably not going to want to have him out there um, for extended mir- uh, extended minutes rather uh, on a game-to-game basis. But he's a nice change of pace. And I guess my question for everybody, and feel free to you know, chime in in the comments, um, based upon what you've seen tonight from Tristan Thompson, do you feel like he should usurp Damian Jones in the uh, in the rotation? And I don't even really think you can consider Damian Jones of like a, a true part of the the rotation as as soon as everybody gets healthy, because I'm not sure he's actually going to get those minutes. It might just be Dean Wade who's going to play uh, some backup five, which sounds crazy, but not so far fetched. Um, we know that because his uh, because of his ability to space the floor. But if they wanted to kind of uh, tamper with things a little bit and kind of throw a wrench in it, you could theoretically give Tristan Thompson those minutes if you need to go with a true backup five over Damian Jones. I am very curious to see people's opinions on that, but his ability to come in and instantly uh, grab some offensive rebounds and put some putbacks in that was definitely something that I, uh, I enjoyed seeing it. It reminded me like, Hey, did, did this man turn the clock back? Am, am I watching like 20? Uh, am I watching like 2015, 16 Tristan Thompson? Uh, but definitely something that was, that was uh, not expected heading into tonight. I, I kind of felt like we would see JB enter empty the bench by the way, the only player who suited up tonight who did not get a minute was Isaiah Mobley. The hell is that about? I'm, I'm honestly, um, I'm honestly wondering why Isaiah didn't get a single minute tonight. But hell, I mean, I can't argue um, with the rotation just because everything's just in flux right now. You, you really, this is a ragtag group that JB had played out there. Everybody was playing out of position. It felt like. Uh, Levert, we know he can play make, but he is not a point guard. He, he's by a shooter by nature and is a guy who looks to score by nature. Max Struess, um, you know, Max Struess, honestly, at points, looked like the best player out there tonight. No lie. He really did. And that's with that's with Karis Levert having the night that he'd had. Max Struess actually, in my opinion, looked like the best player on the court for the Cavs for long stretches tonight. And um, I just – I really cannot wait to see what he looks like um, once we get our full complement of players back. And I see this comment down here from TuneIn1, uh, TuneIn Sports 1, Amani over Dean Wade. I have to ask, just because I feel like the minutes that Dean has given have not been given enough respect, uh, even heading back to last night's game – the first half of a back-to-back, which is another component people are not really factoring in here. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that tune-in, uh, just because Dean actually gives you a really – he gives you high impact on the defensive end, and he can still shoot the ball. Like, two of five from three-point range tonight. Um, had some quality minutes last night. You cannot necessarily – there is no valid argument right now, in my opinion. It's just my opinion. You know, it's not definitive. But my opinion is that Dean Wade gives you more impactful minutes than a rookie Amani Bates can right now. And he can give you minutes to back up for, which is something Amani cannot do. Like, for, for everybody who wants to uh, – everybody who wants Amani to be included in the rotation over the likes of Isaac or George or uh, Dean – you just got to understand, like, it's not just because 
of the shot creation or the ability to knock on three ball. There, there are various components here at play. Can what what position will he play? Can he play power forward? My opinion, no. He's got the height, doesn't have the weight, and certainly not the experience doing that. In my opinion, he's a big ass two or three. Not he just he, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing him any favors if you play him at the four. So no, <laughs> uh, not at the moment. Let's uh, let's give it some time before we make these types of statements. Um, in my opinion, and I'll, again, I'll run down the rotation again. When healthy, in my opinion, right now it's Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. That's your starting five. That is solidified. That is not changing anytime soon. Karis LeVert is your sixth man. Isaac Okoro is number seven. Uh, George Niang is number eight right now. Things get crazy at the nine spot. That's really where you can kind of interject whatever you need you know will you play Ty Jerome because you need a little bit more orchestration in that second unit and you need a point guard presence do you play um Dean Wade because he can play he can give you minutes at the power forward position if George Niang is struggling yes you can do that do you want to go with a bit of a change up at the five spot uh, when you need to get a real big body out there and go with a Damian Jones or Tristan Thompson. And so that there's a lot of different things that JB can do. uh, But right now that's kind of what my rotation is. And Amani is nowhere. He doesn't factor in there just yet. Now that is right now that can obviously change if George struggles from the three point line. And the one thing that I will say is that the defense is still respecting his ability to shoot. They will send defenders towards him. They will contest his shot. And that, in my opinion, is perhaps just as important as actually knocking that shot down is the gravity that you are generating, right? Can you pull, especially playing the power forward position, can you pull fours and fives out of the paint so that the drivers can drive, and you know, knife inside and kick out to you? Um, these are different things, different aspects, in my opinion, that matter just as much as actually making that shot. Do you, does the defense fear you enough to account for your presence out there beyond the arc? And I think George still brings that to the table. Um, you can say that about a number of players on this Cavs roster uh, at the moment. And I feel from a floor spacing aspect, I feel 10 times better than I did um, last year. I know tune in. I've seen, I've seen most of your comments on Twitter and whatnot. I know you just messing around fucking with me, but um, yeah, it's a loss. Take that for what you will. Cavs drop down to one and two. But this is not a one and two that makes you feel like, well, shit, we're off to a terrible start. This this team sucks. It's time to, you know, time to get rid of some people. No, it's not like that. It's when you really break this down, um, you can really look at it a few different ways. Have the Cavs done themselves any favors in regards to shot making? No, not necessarily out of a handful of players, but I truly believe that these shots will start to fall for a number of players. Um, have the refs officiated the games fairly? My opinion, no. Um, but, you know, we can't use that and we can't use them as scapegoats for why we're losing uh, these games. But they've definitely played a role, uh, you know, especially in last night's game where you honestly felt like there was a big momentum shift after some of these calls. The officiating was a little bit better tonight, but there are still some calls. They were like, what the fuck are y'all thinking? Like some questionable shit out here. Um, And honestly, that's going to be a game to game thing, right? Especially depending upon who is officiating your game. (laughs) Because 
Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the same. I think it was the same lady who officiated last night's game. It was officiating this game, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. Um, just just kind of felt like that was still kind of an issue. It was a little bit better tonight, but uh, definitely still noticeable. Uh, you look at the fact, and the most obvious reason why I feel like we're at one and two right now is just simply because of the fact that we do not have our stars out there. No Darius Garland tonight. No Donovan Mitchell after apparently I think he had to get an IV after last night's game. Um, not necessarily something you want to see, right? But it's so early in the season that you don't want to override. Okay. <laughs> it was a different lady. Okay. Thank you for quality. Thank you for uh, correcting me on that. But it definitely was still noticeable from a officiating standpoint. Definitely felt like there were some calls that were missed out there. Um, that said, yeah, the biggest reason, in my opinion, why we're we're looking at one and two is not necessarily because we've played shitty, not necessarily because, uh, you know, we're just we're terrible or anything like that. It's the simple fact that we just don't have our guys out there and guys are still trying to build chemistry. People are playing out of place. JB's having to throw a lot of ragtag combinations out there in regards to the lineups. There's a lot of different things you can point to. Right. But it's not. Not all records are created the same. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like this one and two does not feel like it is insurmountable. It just doesn't, especially in an 82 game season, right? Um, Not all records are created equally. And this to me is one that just feels like, hey, if the Cavs had Donovan Mitchell out there, if the Cavs had Darius Garland or health, they had Jared Allen out there. We're probably looking at a three, you know, start in my opinion. That's just where I'm at. Maybe you guys disagree. But uh, I feel I still feel generally pretty good. Now, what I will say is this. We got some pretty, pretty tough matchups to start this season out. We, we know the schedule has done us no favors. And the good news is that we are off until Tuesday, right? Off until Halloween, uh, Halloween day where we face off against the New York Knicks. If I'm not mistaken, that game takes place in Cleveland, which is great. Uh <laughs> I love comments like this. Uh, Dr. Call. That was Ponytail Moyer Gleisch tonight. I think that's how you pronounce the name. I don't know. Last night was Natalie Sago who ate poo-poo. Yes. Yes. It was definitely pretty fucking bad. Um, That said, yeah, looking ahead here, you got New York. You got a back-to-back with New York. One in New York uh, in Madison Square Garden and the other in Cleveland, obviously. The Halloween matchup. Man, I'm going to be lit for that. I'm going to be lit for that. Yeah, I touched on no Ty Jerome tonight either. That definitely was something that uh, that felt like it hurt us. But I will say this. The Cavs have not necessarily played Ty too many minutes to begin the season. Um, I know I kind of skipped around here a bit. But to, to go back to that, against OKC, Ty played just nine minutes. And I believe against Brooklyn, he only got six. They're not really giving him too much run. Uh, but he definitely could have helped tonight. Uh, had he been available, he probably should have started. Uh, but once we, as uh, the SPV to the third says here, I believe that uh, once we get the band back together, we'll cook. Yes, I think we will. I think we'll be fine. The Cavs' depth is being tested three games into the fucking season. It's crazy. But uh, we'll survive. We'll be fine. We'll be okay. And again, like I continue to say here, um, not all records are created equally. This is not one that makes you just feel like uh, the sky is falling, or at least in my opinion, it shouldn't. But who am I to tell you how to fan 
You guys are going to feel however the fuck you want to. I'm just here to calm y'all down. Talk y'all off the ledge sometimes. But uh, I feel good, man. I uh, this, this loss does not make – it doesn't move me either way. Like if they would have won this one tonight, I would have felt really good about the win. But I wouldn't have got too high. Um, and had they – you know, obviously they did lose. But uh, with that occurring, it doesn't bring me down to making me feel like, uh, you know, the sky is falling. Because frankly speaking, that was a very competitive game. It was actually a pretty fun game to watch, all things considered, with a lot of runs um, and just straight up basketball, right? Stuff that you do like to see, things that you can take away from. Once we do get everybody back together, we'll get this shit sorted out. And and that's just where I'm at right now with it. Um, When you look at the schedule over the next couple of weeks, you know, you got back-to-back for the New York. We will see Indiana again on Friday, November the 3rd. That should be a good matchup. And then we got to fucking take on Golden State. I mean, this is definitely something that uh, the the schedule makers did not make this start to the season easy on us. (laughs) Tune in Sports 1. Can we start counting Max Struess passes off the backboard as assists? We absolutely should. Um, Honestly, Max, man... This is a sneakily good passer. This is a very, very good passer. I'm starting to notice that. I was not familiar. Cue the Shaq meme. was not familiar with your game. I am now. Max Struess is definitely a better passer than anticipated. Um, definitely swings the ball, moves it around, makes the extra pass uh, <laughs> uh, off the backboard. But, um, yeah, I feel good about that acquisition. I, I really hope that people do as well. Um, Ravnov. Sivaram, sorry if I butchered that. Any thoughts on Nick's matchup? Schedule not doing us any favors with the three and four nights before another back-to-back. Yeah, man. Honestly, I believe the Cats uh, – not the Cats. Oh, my God. I believe the Cavs will split with New York. Just being honest, I think they take the Halloween Day matchup, and I think they lose in MSG. Kill me for saying that, guys. That's what I believe right now. A lot of that, to my, in my opinion, does hinge on the f- – whether or not we see Jared Allen in one of those games, I would absolutely love to see him come back. But um, it's going to be tough. That's a very scrappy team. Uh, one of the things that they do very well still is rebound. And we have not necessarily excelled at that to start the season. Um, there have been a couple of guys out there who have looked better, Max Struess included. Um, Evan Mobley has actually rebounded the ball fairly well. Uh, but... No, I, I I don't necessarily feel great about taking both of those. I think they're going to end up splitting. I think you absolutely need Donovan and Darius back for those. Um, going to be tough, though. But the good news is, again, we don't have to play until Tuesday, so that will definitely give guys some much-needed rest after playing heavy minutes in these first couple of games. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, obviously Darius and Donovan missed tonight. But, uh, you know, Karis, when you even look at guys like Karis LeVert, Karis has played high level of minutes in all three of these games to begin the season. And you want to kind of take that down a notch. You want to be able to not have to wear these guys out to begin the season. So we'll see. Uh, But that's how I'm feeling right now. Hopefully things will start to gel. uh, But we still got some time. And that's honestly what I'm just trying to stress to people like. Give us some time. Be patient. And I know as as fans of any franchise, patience is not your stre- your uh, strongest attribute at times, right? 
But that's just something that we as fans are going to have to kind of be okay with. It's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's an 82-game season. And as long as we're, we're doing the things that we need to do to improve, we're looking at the tape, we're seeing how – how much uh, how much work did these guys have put in over this offseason? I think we're going to be okay. Uh, but with that being said, like I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to It's Cavalier 53 at gmail.com, and I'll send you the invite. That said, see you guys on Halloween night, right? <laughs> Tuesday, Halloween night. Uh, probably be doing some reactionary stuff to that as well. May have a guest on. But uh, go Cavs.